Hello and welcome to another edition of the Hoosey Podcast with me, Phil. And me, Paul. And on this week's show, we're going to be back to reviewing our, our Target novelisation. And uh, I think as we've announced previously, it was on the last time we, we recorded actually, wasn't it? Um, it's a book you've selected, Paul. It's The Robots of Death. By Terence yes. Dix, yes. Mainly because I just wanted to get the DVD out again and watch it. Yeah, honest. well, well, <laughs> well the, the weird thing is we, we, we discussed this before we started recording and we, and you sort of felt to realise it was another Terence Dix ad- adaptation, so... Um, but it was only just because the previous book review we sort of had a, had a bit of a downer on the fact that Terence Dix did just basically copy the script out. Copy and paste, really, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it, it was a bit like, oh, here we go again. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to be having a... I, what, what I was really worried about was I was going to end up having another go. So anyway, we're, we'll, we'll come to that later. We'll come to that later, indeed, indeed. But first, as always, uh, let's have a look at the news. Now, um, we've been away for a, a sort of like two or three weeks now, and um, there's not a lot, is there? No. No, it is very, is it, very it, quiet. It, Considering they are filming, this is the quietest I've ever known it. Yeah, I think there's been a few more set photos um, released. Uh, and I've seen yeah. one of Capaldi and Pearl Mackey in sort of Victorian garb. which looks, And I must admit, Capaldi's Doctor suits the, the Victorian look. Yeah. Don't know. I, I wish, actually, it's half wish he'd gone for that. They'd gone for that Victorian Edwardian look again for the Doctor. But um, any, anyway, uh, so I think there's a few sort of like, and they're not sort of taken whilst they're filming, they're sort of off camera um, sort of um, photos. But there's not a lot of news coming out, and there's nothing for class either, really, is there? No, considering that's next less month. Than, yeah. <laughs> There's absolutely nothing at the moment. Um, I would expect to have sort of seen a, a, a trailer or something. Yeah. By now, or a few more sort of you know cast photos, but um, no, very very quiet. Um, let's just say it'll be a nice surprise when it when it finally arrives. Then, yeah, at least at least at least there's been nothing for people to say. Oh, don't like that. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Now, are are we gonna? Um, I know predominantly we just reviewed Doctor Who, but are we as we did with Torture of Miracle Day? Are we gonna sit through that on a weekly basis, Paul, and um, review that? Um. On the basis of... There's nothing else to do. Have we got anything else to do? It's probably. (laughs) Yes, it certainly seems like As long as I've done my shopping, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, we'll see how we go with that anyway. We'll see how we go. Um, If if I don't like it, I don't want to sit there ragging on it each week, so I really don't. (laughs) Yeah, this is is it. We're safe for certain we'll review the first episode. <laughs> oh dear. Well, let, let's talk about something sort of sort of news that there is about out around out there. Now, most of you might might have, probably would have heard about this one already, and that um, there's a lot of rumours going on various websites and and sort of various sort of press outlets that it's looking unlikely that uh, Peter Capaldi will leave the show after the 2017 Christmas special. Um, mm. Now, I think it's just come out of a, um, an interview that Stephen Moffat did with Doctor Who magazine, and all he said was that he's got no reason to suppose that he's writing out the Doctor. He said, Peter is loving the role, and long may he do so. 
So, I mean, fingers crossed on this one that that that's yeah. that's true because I would like to see Capaldi stay longer than three series, um, and that that would make him the longest serving Doctor mm. in the new series. Yeah, and it would also be nice just to see um, how a different showrunner deals with a established Doctor. Yes. Yes, because we haven't seen that for a, a good many years now, have we? No. So I'm trying to think of one, apart from, you know, obviously with Tom Baker. Um, I can't think of anybody after him, really, where it sort of changed. No. Because it was J&T all the way, basically, wasn't it? Yeah. You've had sort of different script editors along the way, obviously, but you know the, the, the hand on the tiller, the, you know, the executive producer, it's always been... It was always J&T from sort of 1980 onwards. So this has got to be the first time, surely. Since then, yeah, yeah, I so. yeah. yeah. Well, that's, that's prove us wrong, but the the only yeah. thing I'm worried about is the fact that there is still enough time to go before they start filming, or he has to write on film that Christmas special. Yes, for the a, a change of mind to take place. It's not like if we was talking about uh, the Christmas special in 2017 was was going to be Chris Chibnall's. Mm. I would have said oh, it's too late for Stephen Moffat to change his to go through change the the end of what must probably you presume already been written for the end of series ten anyway. Yeah, that's right. But no, you've probably got about another year before that's. Well, yeah, um, I, I, becomes I'm, critical. Yeah, I mean, we we can only hope with this because I I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I don't I don't want to leave the role ever. To be honest, no. I, I think he's fantastic. Um, and I know it's sort of taken the the public haven't really taken him to their hearts really. Um, I think sort of most Who fans have, but I don't think sort of like the you know the general public have done it in the way that they did with David Tennant and, and, and Matt Smith certainly. Yeah, which is which is a shame really. It is a shame, but um, yeah, all we can say is that that's their loss. Exactly, exactly. Never, never a true truer statement. To be honest, that is their loss. It really is, um, and, and I think if anybody out there who's, who's never really clicked with Capaldi, I mean, please give him another go because there are some. He's fantastic. I think he's the yeah. best actor um, we've certainly had in the role. Yeah, I just don't know really what you what you want otherwise. No, precisely, and that's all we can hope for, really. Yeah. Um, whoever gets cast in the role, as long as they're a good actor, um, yeah. Whether they're male, female, black, white, whatever, you know. Um, as long as it's the right actor for the part, mm. that's all you can hope for. Anyway, um, moving moving on to sort of more sort of established news, really. Um, now, it's something I posted on our Facebook group, um, sort of I think it was sort of last last week actually, or week before rather, um, was that the Paul McGann TV movie is going to be released on Blu-ray um, in September. Um, it says here. Now, there's not many details on this. It's up, it's up on the Amazon UK's um, pre-order um, sort of entry. Uh, it's going to comprise of two discs. Um, yes. Now, the only thing I've, I've heard from... I've, I've listened to other, other other podcasts, really. It doesn't seem as if they're going to be giving it the full-on Blu-ray clean-up treatment as such. It's going to be a fairly basic transfer. Yeah. Which seems a shame, sort of, really. Yeah, it sort of defeats the object you'd have thought, really. It does, really. Um, and I'm beginning to wonder, because the, the, um, the, the 
Doctor Who movie, the, the version I've got, um, is, is a two-disc DVD, and, and the Blu-ray is going to be a two-disc one. It does make me wonder what extra content it's going to be there to yeah. make you want to buy it. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, you get the feeling if, if that is the case as to the quality of it, then it is really going to be sold on its extra content, isn't it? Well, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, now, it's going for the pre order price, um, I think, is nineteen ninety nine um, at the moment. So, um, which for two, I don't know, actually, that's, that does seem rather overpriced. For, mm. for, for a block, I know it's two. I know it's two discs, but um, there are plenty of actual sort of like blockbuster movies have been released on on Blu-ray, which are two discs, and they're five pounds less than that. Yeah, um, it'll come down. It, yeah, I think I'll be tempted to buy it once it's come down again. I know it's, I'm, you know, I'm not. You know, I'll sound like a bit But it's a bit, something to add a bit to your a... Christmas list, isn't it? Well, it is, actually, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> now you've run out of other stuff, at least they're producing something they can add to your Christmas list. <laughs> yeah, it just, it just seems a bit of a, a bit of a show. They're not giving it the full-on treatment. Oh, but that's all we know at the moment, and maybe it, that will change. I mean, maybe that's a bit of a... Maybe that's misdirection, I don't know. But um, it's hard to believe that the... I mean, I forgot that the TV movie was actually 20 years old uh, back in May. 20 yeah. years ago, my God. Yes, oh. <laughs> years gone. Oh no! Tell me about it. Blimey, blimey! I, I, I was still living at my parents then. I was, I was. I remember sitting up in my bedroom, um, sort of telling nobody disturbed me. I'm watching Doctor. I couldn't believe I was <laughs> saying. I thought was just, I was watching Doctor Who. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh dear. Oh dear. Yeah. So, um, so if we get any more information, obviously we'll, we'll discuss that on a, on a on a future podcast. But though I, I think by the time we record again, the damn thing probably would have been released because <laughs> it's going to be September before we next do our, our podcast together, isn't it? So probably, yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. So this right. So uh, anyway, anyway, now the final bits of uh, news and the final bit of uh, padding for this podcast. Um, just been a, a sort of announced that on the 6th of October, Peter Davidson's autobiography is the Life Outside of the Box, an actor despairs, um, is going to be released. Um, it, that's available to pre-order on, on Amazon as well. I'm going to get this one. Yes. Actually, I, I think this is probably going to be quite a good breed. Yeah. I really do. I really do. Particularly, I mean, you know, he's, if, if it's... He's got a sense of humour, and if that comes through, yeah, into this book, which you sort of get the feeling it will do with the title as well. Well, yeah, I mean, also sort of, I've just clicked on the Amazon um, page, and that's going for hardcover price thirteen pounds sixty um, at the moment. Um, and the sort of the, the accompanying blurb that comes with it, it says, "His fans have spoken, but despite their requests, Peter Davison has gone ahead and written his autobiography anyway." And he said it wasn't the book they tried to stop, it's more like the book they didn't want him to start. Um, an aspiring singer-songwriter once dubbed Woking's answer to Bob Dylan by his mum, who once heard a Bob Dylan song. Peter actually penned a hit for Dave Clark, still awaiting royalties, but soon swapped to life on the pub circuit to tread the boards. So it, it does sound very, very... Um, already, yeah. the, the, the humour's there, isn't it, really? So I imagine he's sort of had a, had a hand in that, but... Um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely up for that one. Definitely, because he's been in so many classic British TV things, isn't he? I mean, all creatures yeah. great and small for a, um, for a start. Um, 
Oh, he's, oh, of course, he was in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy in a, in a very small part. And a very peculiar practice was a practice, big hit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, and of course, he's done a lot of theatre work as well. He was in um, Spamalot, wasn't he? I believe. Yeah. Then he played King Arthur. So, yeah, I, th- I think he's got. Was it fifty years? He's been he's been acting now. So, yeah, I think I think it'll be a good um, a good read actually. Really will be. Yeah. No, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Now it doesn't say where it's going to be published anywhere else. Around the world, just it'll be published in the UK. Um, but I dare say, for the rest of you um, around the world, you can be able to you'll be able to pick it up um, somehow or other. Yes, I would have said. Um, there is one other book. I wasn't sure whether we we're going to mention this one, but there's a um, the Wurzel book. And this is a book about um, Wurzel Gummidge, which everyone should know. John Pertwee um, was the was the, uh, the 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 character of Wurzel in that series. Um, yeah, that's. I, I don't know what I would get. I'm not. I wasn't that big a fan of Wurzel Gummidge, to be honest. When I was a kid, no. I think it was. Sort of, I just sort of watched it, but I never thought I must watch Wurzel Gummidge. It was just. It was on. Yeah, and that was it, really. Um, yeah, but maybe, maybe it might be interesting because I know. I mean, I mean, John Pertwee. He was always forever trying to sort of resurrect it. And he did in New Zealand, didn't he? Wurzel Gummidge down under. Did he? I yeah, think, yeah. yeah that's that's all I know. Um, so I think he was always even. So I think up to the point he died, he's always trying to resurrect Wurzel Gummidge. Was it going to be an animated series at one point? Hmm. I seem to remember. I don't know if that ever ever took off or not. But um, yeah, but he was he was still plugging away with it. I mean, obviously he, he he loved the character, loved you know loved uh, loved playing it. So, um, but basically this book um, it's written by Stuart Manning, um, and it's, it's, it says it's the story of what Pertwee did after Doctor Who. Um, Told through memories from his family and work colleagues, including Bernard Cribbins, Geoffrey Bowden, and Sean Pertwee. Um, it's got 40 interviews with cast and crew, over 400 photographs, and has a forward by Mark Gatiss. Hmm. So it's, it's got some sort of a lot of credibility surrounding it. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I mean, it's, there's interest in the people that have done yeah done stuff for it. So exactly. So that's just been released. It says here. So uh, I. I Unfortunately, I can't actually see a, a, a price. I haven't looked. Let's, let's be honest. I haven't looked for one. So, so no doubt. Just, just have a look on Amazon. It will yeah. be on there somewhere. Are you looking now? No, no. no. You know, I've, I've just, I've just gone back to look at the the cover of the the Peter Davison one, which is basically his name and a TARDIS in one corner and two cows in the other. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've just gone onto the. Um... MIWK Publishing, who's who's doing the Wurzel book, and yeah. they're selling it uh, for sixteen ninety nine. Yeah, reduce reduce from nineteen ninety nine. So, um, so there you go, there you go. Okay, then well, that is it for the news. Uh, unfortunately, there's there's nothing sort of any of any substance to to talk about really. So, um, hopefully, by the time we come back in September, there will be. Yes. Who knows. Probably not, but we we live in hope, as I'm going to say. We'll see. Yes, indeed. Indeed. Okay, so coming up next is our uh, review of the Target novelisation of The Robots of Death. So for another week, then, that was the news. Okay, everybody at home out there, it's time for another Target novelisation review. And as we said at the top of the show, uh, this is Paul's choice, so it's entirely his fault. Uh, we're we're going to be looking at The Robots of Death by Terence Dix, um, which was published in uh, May 1979. Yes. So um, as you pick this book, Paul, you can 
you can kick this little <laughs> review off. What, so um, yes, yes. What do you think, mate? Um, oh, I, I just really picked this story just because I love this story. Yeah, um, yeah. It's one of those ones where you sort of remember just just because, and it's the images of it are, are quite sharp as well. So it's mm. quite interesting to read to do the book to see whether. I could actually get away from the images on screen or not. And it's interesting, the cast members, I didn't picture, but obviously just knew the robots in oh, my mind God, yeah. I was reading. Yeah. Well, apart from, just... apart from Pamela Salem, who sort of sticks, sticks <laughs> in my mind quite a bit, actually. But... Yes, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> oh, twos, uh, twos. Oh, dear. Um yeah, yeah, I know, no, I know what you mean, though. It, it does. It's such a it's such a striking story visually, isn't it? Yeah, it really and I hadn't, I hadn't watched it for a while, so which is really the reason why you you tend to find yourself not. Well, sometimes I'm not watching Doctor Who now unless it's for the podcast. Yeah, just in case I I want to come to something fresh for the podcast, really. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I just really wanted to watch the DVD again, so that's why I suggested the book review. <laughs> We should have just um, done a DVD review then and had up with it. <laughs> well, no, but everybody knows the DVD. That's true, that's it's, true. So, it's, so it's, yeah, it's the, not there. The book then, Paul, the book. What do you think the of the book? The book. The, yes. the, 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 the book is <laughs> Yes. Isn't this the shortest target novelisation? Apparently so, yes. Yeah. I mean, I haven't, we ha- I haven't looked through them all. Now, um, how, how, how quick did it take you to read it? Um. Yeah. In 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 a couple of sittings, with just a break for something to eat in between. Really. Yeah. It it took me less than two hours <laughs> to read yeah. this. So. Yeah. It is very very short. Very short. It is. I mean, and I don't know whether that's, um, just the way it was written or just the the actual story itself, because the story itself doesn't particularly feel, on screen, doesn't particularly feel short. So I, I, was, I, I don't know. There's, there's not much padding in the, in the D, in the actual screen version of this story. I think this story just keeps going quite well. So you thought that this would be quite a reason, wouldn't be a sh- the shortest book? No, no, because it is. Um, well, it's an Agatha Christie style murder mystery, isn't it? Yes, and, and I think that's the only thing you can sort of say, sort of detracts in the book, really, is the fact because you know the ending. Yeah, although I, I do actually have to say, I think Terence Dix did a good job of keeping it open. Uh, he he well, did, I, yes. I think yes. we've we've done previous book reviews where the um, the surprise has been let out of the bag somewhat earlier than on the screen. <laughs> yeah, because the the, um, the the TV version of this doesn't actually um, hide the fact that Dask. At one particular scene, hide the fact that Dask is is the villain of the piece because you because you recognise his legs, you recognise his costume. Yeah. So you go, that's Dask, you know. So at least in the book, if you were, if you were completely fresh to this story, you wouldn't know who it was right until yeah. his his big reveal at the end as as uh, yeah. Taron Capel. Well, the bit where um, they're on the bridge and he's shouting for them to let them in, you don't know from the book that that's him. Yeah. He does. Terence Sticks does do the bit about the the fact that the Doctor and uh, Leela and that hide around the corner, and as far as they're concerned, it's only robots that go past. Yeah, he doesn't say led by led by 
Taron Kapel, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So at that stage, you you in the book, you are still uh, under the impression that you're not quite sure whether he is or not. Yeah, that's it. Had that's you, it. had you had you not ever seen the DVD? Indeed. Now, do you, do you think this is? Um... Because then there's like a, a good two years between the uh, novelisation and the uh, TV um, version of this. Yeah. The TV version came out in, in 1977. Do you think this is a, 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 a complete lift of the script into book form? Do you think is it was one of those rush jobs um, for him? I mean, obviously there's not. the one. There's, there's one very noticeable difference. Hmm. It comes really early on, which actually really caught me hopeful that this was going to be um, something that he was going to go off. And that's when the Doctor first arrives. Yeah. And you get the panic that they're going to be caught in the sand of the sandstorm. Yeah. Um, and he almost actually gives it to a cliffhanger hanger at the end of the chapter. He does, actually. You're right. Yeah. Um, which really, really works well in the book. And, yeah, you get the Doctor realising suddenly what's happening, going back, struggling to see if he can close the shutters and whatever. Mm. And then when I actually watch the DVD, you suddenly see, you actually get the bit where they say, all right, sh- close the shutters, before you go back to the Doctor being trapped. Yeah, so it, it, which it gets totally- rid of that... Yeah, there's, it gives there's, the no, tension, there's absolutely yeah. no tension in that scene at all on the film. No. But it actually works really well in the book. See, the other the other thing about that, you know, the the, um, the bit where the Doctor gets trapped in the hopper and it starts filling up with the with yeah. the, the mineral or whatever. Um, the search through his pockets. Yeah, now to it's find a, something. Yeah, he's a lot more rational. Yeah, in that he's he's thinking about how can I get, and he finds the tube to breathe through, which is totally missing in the TV version. Yeah, it just and, and because that is the cliffhanger, isn't it? He, the he's tube getting... suddenly just appears, doesn't it, through the top of the the, the sand? Yeah. Whereas, so... yeah, in 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 the book, the minute he starts, the minute he's trapped, he start. Yeah, he literally is going through everything in his pockets to find something that he can, yeah, he can breathe he through. Can so through. it's yeah. it's like he's he's Terence Dix has moved the cliffhanger, yeah, to a certain degree. Um. Which I don't mind. I mean, it, it just sort of like it wasn't sort of you know the TV version said that was the that ended episode one, didn't it? Yeah, I think that bit, didn't it? So uh, and it's a doctor in, in like panic and he, you know it's filling up and but in the and it's happened rather quickly as well. But in the book, it, it's sort of, he's got time to sort of go through all his pockets and it's all very very sedate actually, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's just a calculation. There's no panic at all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Calculating the, what he needs to do, yeah, and that panicking isn't going to help. No, precisely. But and how often do you see the Doctor panic anyway in anything? And you certainly not Tom Baker's Doctor. No, no. Um, uh, well, the only, actually, the only time that it's sort of like I mean, I again, I'm referring to the, the the TV version now. I think it's the end of episode three, um, where they sort of they're trying to sort of turn off the. Um, Turn off the power, basically, aren't they? And like, and it's all, and the, the way it's all cut together uh, with like two going, it, it, she's gonna blow, and Leela looking panicked, and then you've got the Doctor and Das have stopped fighting, and they're looking up as well with, with panic on their faces, and it's a really good cliffhanger. 
Yeah. The way it's all it's it's put together by Michael Michael is it Michael Bryant, isn't it? The director. The way he put it together is really really well. Um But in the I didn't get that in the book in this case. Yeah, it goes more on in in the book. It goes more on the they do they trust him or not. Yeah, well, I've actually made a note. It said the it's very very clear that the doctor and Das work together to shut it down. They're not fighting about it. The doctor say, right, you do this, I'll do that, and they're both working together in that room to shut the power down. Yeah. Um, and and I sort of said the TV version it's much more dramatic with Leela sort of like panicking and Das trying to stop the doctor. Um. And I think that 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 works better on TV, to be honest. Yeah, but but to be honest, isn't the fact that Dask in that is quite um, calm and you realise that's the first point that the Doctor actually realised then who was mm. uh, doing it. Yeah. Because he is almost robotic in the way he... There, there was a line in there, wasn't it? There was a line in the books that Bain says so acting very, you know, robotic or very, sort of... Um, everything's very, very logical, was it? Everything he did. Yeah. Complete calm all the time. You know, so it was... Um, it was sort of more the, like the, he was sort of dropping subtle hints in the book, wasn't he, really? Rather than, as, as you say, yeah. outright, outright saying that when, he, when, he, he moved when you like know, a robot, you know. When you know the answer... You look back on that and you think, oh yeah, obviously the Doctor knew a long time before the reader. Yeah. Yeah. You certainly get that impression, don't you? Yeah. Certainly do. But but, but it is but, but it is something that you only sort of do in hindsight rather than <coughs> thinking to yourself, oh, that's spoiled the ending for me now. Mm. I mean, the only thing that spot this book for in the form is the fact I knew the ending. That was it, really. So, I mean, that, that, that was sort of the problem with this book was the fact that we did know um, what is happening with it. Yeah. Um, well, I suppose you could say the same with, it, with any of these reviews we've done because they've all been, yeah, you know, classic, um, classic sort of like TV stories. Um, but perhaps to this one more because this is a out and out who done it. Yes, indeed, indeed. Yeah, you what you want you want you want that mystery to to be there all the time, don't you? So yeah, um, and and you can sort of see this is almost the prototype prototype Star Cops, isn't it? <laughs> which which were always written, which were written in similar ways, really. Yeah, yeah, they were really, weren't they? So sorry, my phone just started to ring. Then shut up, phone. Uh, sorry, copyright Faros project there. Um, you know, so it, 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 when you, when you sort of take it, you know what you're going to get with this. Yeah, yeah, you certainly yeah, do. And that there's other bits in in the in the story. Generally, I mean, this is I think I don't know how many mistakes there were by Terence Dix, but this does have one of them, doesn't it? Well, there, there's a there's a very big one, isn't there? And that's the yes. case of someone dying then reappearing in the next <laughs> chapter. He's <laughs> sitting around while they're talking about his murder. <laughs> A, hang on, I'm still here. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't sort of I'm not dead. Have a look at the page. Yeah. <laughs> Turn the page back and hang on a minute. <laughs> just, like my, my, my turn two pages back or something here by accident. We just said it, it, it's chapter six starts off with um, Cass. End of chapter five, Cass dies. They find his corpse. Yeah. Um, and then chapter six, 
Cass is sitting with the others in 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 the in their sort of um, lounge, what you want to call it. And Uvalov yeah. states, Cass is dead. Yeah. And no, I'm not. I'm here. You know? Yes, and yeah. The heavy figure of a bulk, the lean, muscular Cass. Well, he would have been lean by it if I left him any longer. Who's <laughs> the lean mus- the lean husk of Cass? Yeah. Um, there's, a, there's a couple of other things. I don't know if you picked up this as well. The sand miner um, mm. as well. It was described as, as like a crab scuttling across the desert. Yeah. Which made me think maybe this was like an early shooting script that he'd um, put in, in here. Um, but then later on, it says it acts like a hovercraft. So then you're back to how it looked on the TV. So there's a bit of a sort of slip of continuity there. So I don't know what was, or, what was going on there, to be honest. Or whether he tried... He, he went into it with the idea of, oh, I can do that. Yeah. And then realise you also get to the very big plot point that the thing starts sinking into the ground when they turn the power off. Yeah. So you sort of almost come back to the fact that, oh, it's got to be a hovercraft. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was... Um, I mean, at first of it, I like the idea of it scuttling across the desert. Yeah. To be honest. I thought that's quite a um, sort of it's quite a vivid image you, you, you can have of that. Um, but also like the way it turns to describe the desert as well. So it was the desert was made of red, purple, black, and golden sand, like yeah. one of those those little. Um, do you know those things you used to get at the seaside with different colour sands in the glass? Yes, it sort of reminded me of that, if you know what I mean. Um, but I just like I just like it was a little bit more descriptive, um, and it's sort of more in a, in a monologues of 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 Leela, sort of like when um, the do- when they both land, when they sort of land, they both go to leave the Tardis, and she picks up a crossbow. And he says, or, or, is it the crossbow in the book or the gun? Because in, in the book, it's the gun, isn't it, that she takes from the Tesh? Yeah. F- from the face of evil. And I can't remember if he said gun or, or crossbow in the book. But anyway, don't, so you, won't, you won't be needing that. Um, and it was Leah just thinks to herself, she's, she doesn't have the doctor's faith in the good intentions of others. Yeah. Which I quite like. And she just sort of like, sort of made sure she had a knife on her hip. Which it, it sort of does that in the. Um, um, in the in the TV, but um, but the other but, thing, but it's always I mean, yeah, but I mean that Terence Dix always likes to to reestablish what the characters are. Oh they? God, yeah, yeah, certainly. Uh, um, so I mean that 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 was quite a good way of doing it without having to, but uh, spell it out really. Yeah, I mean, there's another thing um, later on as well that is the the, the bit where Leela um, said there's something wrong after Paul knocks out Uvanov. She's got this sort of sixth sense, and the Doctor has this. In a monologue, and he just says out to her, "Oh, don't be, don't be so, don't be so stupid," or something like that. But he's in a monologue and said he, he believes, sort of, in Leela's sixth sense, but he, he won't admit it to her. Yeah, he sort of think, "Well, yeah, she she does pick up on these things, but he, he will never admit it." You know, yeah. so yeah, it's, yeah, it's about you know, it's, yeah, it's it's, it's it's strange how often they, they, she's right. Yeah, despite not, but she shouldn't be able yeah. to be. I mean, there's there's another few things about. Um, Sort of U- Uvanov as well, actually. Um, it sort of it got across sort of Uvanov's ruthlessness when it came to money. I think I think that come over better in the book. He, he sort of like it was sort of people have died and well, well, so what? We're, we're onto you know we're onto a a rich yeah. vein here. You know, let's do this first. Worry about their deaths afterwards. Yeah, um, and, and and particularly his hatred of of what is I suspect, suspect for no better word the class system yes. that exists. Oh yeah, because he doesn't like um, 
oh what was the, her the, 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 the... what was her name zilda yeah yeah uh, and, and was it the twin founding families or whatever it was that's right yeah and, and and you get in there the fact that his family was one of the last to arrive that's right that's right it does doesn't it so so, so you almost like almost that if, if this is a class system built on how long your your family's been there he was obviously in amongst the what would be considered the lowest of the low on this planet. Exactly. And so now he's very gonna, resentful, wasn't he? Yeah. Very. And now he's going to go back in triumph and, and be richer than most of them. Yeah. Isn't there in the um in the book? There's more sort of more like a a romantic subplot between Uvanov and Zilda. I mean, Zilda doesn't like him, but I think wasn't it the line about he sort of after she yeah, oh. she's died, he sort of like he hoped they could could have been more than yes, or could have could have just been friends, you know, oh, um, no, sort of stroking her hair. The thing about he says about um, when she's alive that he'd he'd have enough money to um, to to reassert her family's position. Yeah, but obviously they are basically it's, it's the sort of aristocracy where they haven't got money now; they've only got title. Yeah, um, and there's obviously a fault in his head that he's he wants to whether he fancies her. Or whether he just fancies buying into that the the title, for, for all, yeah, for, for all of his sneering at the at the at this class system, you get the feeling actually that if he if he could be there with them, he'd be looking down on on people like himself. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree with that actually. Yeah, it's um, yeah, but there's <laughs> the only thing I'm going to say though. Is the book does hide Zilda's bad acting when she discovers? Was it Tanya Rogers' bad acting? I'd say when she discovers Uvanov's file, because yes. she, she does that. But you know, starts to cry. Um, it's not really Amdram time, isn't it? It's not yes. not very good at all. Um, so the the book does sort of hide that somewhat. But um, but to go back into more of Uvanov, um, it, it appears that um, Terence was quite sort of fascinated by this character because. Um, it's the bit when they they find um, the body of Chubb. He said he, he gave Chubb a disgusted, or the body of Chubb a disgusted look, as though, as though he had died to annoy him. Yeah, and they just sort of gave you a thought of like he had no real. Everything was a, an inconvenience to him. Even people's death was an inconvenience well, you... to him. Completing his 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 tour, his two year tour on, on this sand miner. Well, wasn't he? He was the. The, basically the person that was full he wasn't part of the crew he wasn't no. useful in the crew no exactly um so he was already suffering him to have him on board yeah and then he goes and dies which actually stops him from making money yeah precisely and it was interesting so, like, later on there was another sort of monologue from the doctor um about uvanov he said it's like a a middle-aged man pretending to be young a weak man trying to be strong Yes. So the doctor didn't have much sort of love for him. him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he sort of of had a bit of contempt as well, as much as his crew did. Yeah. Yeah, I just thought Uvanov in the book was a lot more of an interesting character, I felt. Yeah. I really do do think so. Um, And I think he also got across Borg's thug-like tendencies across a bit more as well. Yeah, I mean Brian Croucher was um, was you know was 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 great in it, but I think in the book he's a lot more of a thug. And I suppose if you call Borg, then you must be really so. Yeah, he's he's yeah he's he's more of a, a no thinking. Yeah, thug as you say. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, 
Um, but the only thing, though, is the, the character of Carol. That's the one that the Doctor finds dead in the hopper. Um, totally nondescript in both versions. Yeah. Yeah, you, you sort of almost thought, oh, are we going to get his actual death? No. Yeah, no, we don't. We but, don't. but then, uh, then I suppose it, it, you don't, because, again, it just keeps with the fact that the, the Doctor finding him is is a bit of suspense. Mm. And you don't you sort of don't know then whether he's been put in there as the doctor suspects as yeah. a trap. Yeah. Oh which he thinks it was, wasn't it? It was yeah. a it was a trap. So Rather than he was just put in there to hide him. Yeah. But there's there was another um couple of sort of sort of minor changes as well actually. Um and A it's it's the opening um, bit on the TARDIS um, where she's got the um, with the yo-yo. Um, when they land, it quite clearly says that the time rotor has stopped moving. So it wasn't in the tertiary control room. No, which was a bit of a, a departure. Um, that's so a well, that is from the script, and the script was written before they knew they was going to be using that set. Yeah, and this story was the last time you saw that um, that control room as well. So it was. Um, yeah, I, I can't remember why did they have that wood panel. Were they rebuilding the the, the main set or something? I've never really looked into it. No, I don't know actually. They just fancied something different. Well, I love it. I I love yeah. that look. To be honest, I really do. Um, you almost feel if, if in the new series they go into a room in the TARDIS and it's got that that in there control room that they would you'd almost hear the cheers that go up from <laughs> around the world from doctor who fans <laughs> you certainly were from me because i love that room yeah oh, it's, it's a, it's a great it must look. Be one of those ones where you say can they do it in one that they show in a cinema because i'd actually like to be in a cinema when they do <laughs> quite a good it would look good wouldn't it it would look good um, and, ju- and just to, just to see the reaction of it, just to hear the reaction of everybody else, other than just myself. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> at least not feel quite so. The, yeah, the, the sad Doctor Who fan on his own <laughs> with his rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> his rabbit. Yes. <laughs> um, there was, there was, so a couple other sort of minor changes as well. Um, when when Toos gets injured um, in the book, it's a shoulder. That gets injured. She says a bit of a sprained wrist, doesn't she, on, on the TV version? I yeah, think, or I think... burnt. Isn't it? Is it burnt or something in the TV in the TV version? I think so. Yeah, um, but in the in the book, it's more of a, a shoulder sh- got damaged. Shoulder. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's almost it's... dislocated, and she can't actually get. She has no feeling in the arm. Or yeah, anything. due to the the samurai being rocked about and everything. Yeah. So, which to my mind makes more sense, to be honest. It makes more sense that Leela would be able to do something to. To help, yeah. As opposed to otherwise, she's just basically putting a bandage around a, a, a burn, which isn't necessarily gonna um, give it as much uh, relief as basically making a sling as she does. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I just said I just said that that worked a lot um, a lot better actually. Um, the other thing as well, um, actually, which was a lot more graphic on the um, on the TV, is the blood. On the Vok robot's hand that that sends Paul over the edge. Yes. Um, it just is that he just saw blood in the book. He just saw blood on his hand, and he sort of you know his robophobia kicks in. Um, but in the the, the the TV version, I've forgotten. There's actually sort of like matter stuck yeah. to the hands as well. I mean, it's really. I mean, later on, it's, it's disappeared. Um, 
really quite graphic. I've forgotten all about that, to be honest. And I don't know whether whether that was quite required, to be honest. <laughs> I don't know. No, probably so, though, because, you know, it is a massive effect it has on him. Yeah. Um, you would think, yeah, no, that, that, that would probably have that effect. Hmm. But I've got to say, from the point of view of it going out uh, you know, on a Saturday tea time, as you would have done oh, back in yeah, the day. Oh, yeah. no, no, but this is, this is still just the Hinchcliffe era, isn't it? They're, oh, it they, is, they, yeah. They don't care. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is what they feel it should be. And, and we would have watched this at, at, at exactly that sort of age where we should have been um, terrified and... And and permanently scarred by this, but we're we're, we're okay, aren't we? Exactly. We just, sit at, we just sit at home on our own doing podcasts exactly. in our old age with my collection of knives <laughs> <laughs> and silver gloves. <laughs> Actually, talking of gloves, hands. Um, the best line in in the stories was changed for the book. Do not do not throw hands at me. It was changed to please don't throw th- do not throw things at me. Yeah, which is a shame. I wonder why that was, or whether that was more of a wasn't that more of an onset change to the script? Right. Do, well, do not throw yeah. hands at me. I can't remember. I honestly can't remember if, if that was the case or not. I do seem to recall some vague remember sort of something about that. But you um, do get the feeling that that sort of something that that changed at, on about take four or something, don't you? That's, yeah. Well, at least, Just... actually, at least in the book, you haven't got the um, the awful uh, dying noise when Leela throws the knife at the uh, the Vought robot chasing yeah. around the room. So. <laughs> oh, come on, sound engineers have got to get their money somewhere. Well, if, it, if that's one thing they could have taken out of the DVD, it should have <laughs> been that, really, that stupid sound <laughs> effect. I can, un- I can understand it, sort of, maybe, sort of, there's a bit too much, you know, you're seeing a knife... Going into somebody, um, even though people, lots of people get stabbed, killed, shot, whatever in Doctor Who, um, and it was a robot as well, and it didn't kill him. Um, white, quite white needed that doing noise. I don't know, yeah. but clank would have been better, wouldn't exactly. it? Exactly. Really? Yeah, yeah. But um, but do you know what? I I mean, it, it's a short read, but like you, I love this story, and I I love the book. I really enjoyed I, reading I, it. I, I, I enjoyed it totally. I mean, like I say, I mean, I read it through. It, as you did, almost in one well, almost in one go. Yeah, and because I was enjoying it. Yeah, it exactly. Was, it, there, there wasn't a feeling of I better get this over and done with. It was I was enjoying it, so I just carried on reading. Yeah, yeah, same here, same here. I, I, I mean, I think it, think it'd have been more likely that if I hadn't have enjoyed it, I'd have, I'd have, I'd have done it in short bursts. Yes, indeed, indeed. Yeah, I, I think I've, I've I've done it with a couple of the target. I've heard it was something like Battlefields when we reviewed that. Yeah, uh, it took me a while to get through it um, because I'm not really a, a big lover of the story. No, to be perfectly honest. Um, even though in the end, I did actually quite enjoy reading the book. I just, I just found it a bit of a, a bit of a, a, a slog. I think mm. really. But but there's there's no real filler in this story, is there? I mean, people just die constantly. Oh yeah, exactly. So, exactly. Someone dies. So, people are die- Then they start dying two at a time. I mean, it's just. <laughs> Well, you can't you can't fault the, the uh, Taron Capel's efficiency on that front, can you? No. <laughs> no. So no, it is a it is a good book and it is a good story. It's just a good story. It is. Um, and, and to say that you yeah, 
right, just because just because you're setting something in the future and just because you're do- making it science fiction, mm. doesn't actually mean that you have to go away from the tried and trusted. What are good stories? The whodunits and whatever. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. Yeah, I. I there... No, sorry, come. There is one other thing though that I can't now read this book or watch the TV series without something else in my mind. All right, go on. And that is the Doctor explaining to Leela how the TARDIS could be bigger on the inside than it is on the outside with the two boxes. And all I can think of when I watch that is Father Ted. <laughs> <laughs> and the cows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but that, but that, that's. I'm just watching it, and I'm just. I'm just I'm, the only soundtrack I can hear is Father Ted to the head. I'm yeah, it's sort of like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this one is close. Those are far away. <laughs> oh God! For those, if anybody outside the UK has ever seen Father Ted, um, if I can track it down, I'll try and put a link up. It must be on YouTube somewhere. I'll see if I can put it on YouTube just, just so you can you can see what we're talking about there. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> that, that that just is now. I've watched that, and you think these. <laughs> You must watch that. And he said, "Was this was, was the Father Ted a bit written by somebody who, who saw uh, that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, who had that in their memory from somewhere?" <laughs> oh dear. Well, I think we could both safely say we would recommend this book to people. I know we sort yes. of—I we, can't say we've, we've spoilt it really. I mean, you know, you, <laughs> we've given away the ending. We've given away the. End. <laughs> But really, yeah, I mean, really, I mean, do read it. I mean, there are some some changes. There's a couple of mistakes in there, um, but it's 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 still a good read. It's just, it's a damn good story. It's one of the classics. It really is. Yeah. This, this one, it is just one of those ones where you do slightly come because when Terence Dix does start to get into it a bit more, yeah, when the stuff it, when he when writes he wants, really yeah. actually does make you think. Oh yeah, no, quite. I can see that, or that actually makes sense, or whatever. It's when he and wants just off sort of track so, a bit more, isn't it? That's when yeah. you think. No, and you think so, yeah. Just why couldn't they have just given him more time to do these? Yeah, I said to him, "Go on, go and actually write the novel." Yeah, rather you know? than a, a straightforward translation of the TV. Yeah, or in some cases, in, in, in like the Destiny of the Daleks, the shooting script. Yeah, it, it would you be know. interesting if. He was given the opportunity to go through and do it now. Yes, it would be. Knowing that be. people have got the DVD, so you know they actually do want something. I mean, you can understand what this was. I mean, the books were there because it was the only way you could get hold of the stories in them days. Well, that's right. That's absolutely right. Um, I mean, I think, I think most of our uh, knowledge of the the earlier Doctor Who than we can remember came through this from the Target books, didn't it they? Certainly did for me. I was at my local library, always getting out the Target books. Yeah, always. It, it was a, it was a probably a, as big a part of my childhood as watching the show was. I can remember exactly where the shelf was with the morning Lady Will uh, Library. I can remember where they were. In, I can remember exactly where they were in Torridon Library as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah those, those sort of things never never leave you no. really, do they? Really no, don't. That, that, that was Saturday morning. Was going. Oh, I'm going to go and get a new Doctor Who book. So no. So yeah, I, I've got. Never, never criticise from that point of view. Just think, because actually, when he does get a chance to to branch out a little bit, yeah, and like I say, and, and to change the order to make that suspenseful in the first bit, yeah, with the when and, there is and, and, stuff. And, give, and give the characters a bit more history and motivation, yeah, as well, um, yeah, yeah, 
you, you can't fault Terence Dix for that, it's, really. It's, really it's, can't. Where, it's, where, it's, it's what you want the books for, so now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just, yeah, I think he's, he did a good job on it'd just be nice, actually, if, if he did get a chance, if he had got a chance to have gone back and, and actually did them as proper novelizations. Yeah, same here. I wish he had it done, but oh well, they are what they are. We and we no, we've no, been we've yeah. enjoying them, haven't no, we? Really? No, so no, you know, yeah, certainly have been. But I just wanted to say that just because it just sounds sometimes as if I'm a bit down on them, and I'm not at all. No, no. Oh no, we certainly are. I mean, obviously, that the whole point of reviewing is sometimes you you've got to, yeah, you know, highlight the good stuff and and highlight the bad stuff as well, or, or not bad, yeah. but the, the not so good stuff. I should say, there's yeah. nothing bad about you know anything we've we've done so far. No. Um. Except for for maybe the twin dilemma, I'm not sure. But no, no, I mean, I, I can't. I'm not gonna. We're not gonna go back and criticise the, the novelisation of the twin dilemma because if you want something to go off off screen, then that one did, didn't it? <laughs> the cat. Yeah. <laughs> so no, the, no, the, no, the, the, the sir, the sir, not appearing again in this book again, cat. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Def- definitely, definitely. I mean, that's that's the thing I remember from that novelisation. So, yeah, <laughs> obviously works. I mean, no, that's this is all oh, good dear. stuff. All good stuff, mate. It is all good stuff. So, um, what's coming up next on the show? Well, um, after this one's gone out on the sort of the end of the month, we've got another companion special coming up, uh, and that's with Mark Atkinson from the Proctor Who podcast, and which we'll uh, be discussing uh, Rose Tyler. That's his companion of choice. Um, then after that, when me and Paul return, we're back to doing or finishing off our Series 2 review, aren't we? Yes. Finally. Are we going to do that or a big finish? What are we going to do? I think it's a big finish, isn't it? Should we do a big finish next? Yeah, go on. Go on then. Go on then. Let's do that. Let's do that. Uh, we we don't know what yet. No, we haven't decided yet because I say that that's not until um, probably till sort of like mid-September now, actually, before that one yes. comes out. So... Um, yeah, I think that's what we're going to do next. Now, um, with regards to the book reviews, now we have been, uh, or rather I personally have been, been asked by um, a few people whether we will actually start to cover the uh, Virgin New Adventures at any point. Um, now, we, we were discussing this before we started recording, and I think we're, we're going to consider it. And whether it will be our next book review or not, we're not entirely sure, because we've, we've got a lot of target books we want to get through. Yes. Um, b- before we do that, but we we might do. We might. We I think we will get round to them eventually. Uh, but whether we'll, we'll do one in the near future, not entirely sure. We may do, just as, just as, for a change. Yeah. You know, because we, we'll have nothing to compare it to. So it will it will be just on the book's merits, really, yes. won't it? So which would which would make a change. So, um, but we, we, yeah, we, we, it's certainly on the cards. Put it that way. It is certainly on the cards. So um, there you go. Um, and also, hopefully, in the next uh, month or so, we might have another video podcast uh, coming out as well. Um, I've also been um, asked whether we will see the return of Hamilton Prickwillow um, as well. Um, or I'm going to say to that, as I posted uh, recently on Facebook and on Twitter, I'm going to say, never say never. Mm. That's all I'm going to say on that. So You're going to do it with a wig. <laughs> <laughs> if if I could track down a, a ginger toupee, I would do <laughs> an ill-fitting ginger toupee. I think that that would just set it off nicely. But <laughs> oh, I'll just end up sitting there with a ginger tom on your head. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, after I put that that thing on um, Facebook, said, and I put the I put the photograph again of 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 of, of me as Hamilton Prickwillow, and my sister um, commented on the photograph and said, um, "Mum couldn't believe that was you." Um, I thought all I did was wear a hat and put a set of false teeth in. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. Does it? Is it really that much? Is it? Well, it takes to be a master of disguise these days. <laughs> well, it worked for Dick Emery. So <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to be the toothy vicar. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. So yeah, so there, there might be. So there be. There will be another uh, video podcast coming up um, uh, fairly soon. So um, I mean, you know, if you haven't. Um, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, just search for Who's He Podcast on YouTube and you, you can find us and please subscribe. Um, and there you go. There you go. So, so that's it. That is it for another episode. So um, so Paul and I will be back um, in September with a Big Finish review. I will we'll announce what it is um, nearer the time. Yes. Um, just got to figure out who we haven't covered, covered for a while. Yeah. Yeah, I can't think at the moment. So, anyway, so that's what. But they say next. Next up on the on the podcast is another companion special. So uh, until then, it is goodbye from me, Phil, and goodbye from me, Paul. Goodbye. to the Who's He podcast. Please visit our website at who's-he-podcast.co.uk. You can also follow us on Twitter at who's underscore he underscore podcast. And please also join the Who's He podcast Facebook group. The Who's He podcast is a member of the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance. Mm-hmm.